Welcome to the Go Solo Show, powered by Subkit, the number one place for inspiration to help you start, run, or grow a winning business. I'm Johnny Quirk, and each week we bring you some amazing guests from a wide variety of businesses, all talking about their journey, motivations, and top tips for entrepreneur success. We deliberately aim to bring you stories, interviews, and real people who are fully deep in the trenches, building their businesses, and sharing actionable insights that you can use for your own entrepreneurial business journey. So whatever you're building, we're excited to be part of that journey with you. If you like what we do, don't forget to subscribe. Now let's get on with the show. Hey guys, welcome to the Go Solo Show. I'm Johnny Quirk, and we're back once again with some amazing stories on how to start, run, and grow a winning business. On this week's show, it's all about life and business coaching. And today we're meeting a couple of amazing people who have successfully built a business as well as supporting numerous other ones with their blood, sweat, tears, and of course, knowledge and support. A very warm go solo welcome to our guest today, Darcy Loma from Madison, Wisconsin. Darcy, great to have you here. Thank you, great to be here, Johnny. And Laurent Notan, you're here in Helsinki, I believe, by way of France. Is that where you are in the world today? Yes, I'm, I'm based in Helsinki, Finland, but I'm French originally. So excuse my uh, French accent in advance. Oh, look, as long as people have been trying to understand me for 30 episodes now or something. So everybody's all good. You know, we're a very international affair here at Subkit and Go Solo. So great to have you both here today. Right. So a great combination of guests. So much great stuff to share. So let's go on with the show. Now, for our regular kind of viewers and listeners, you'll know that part one of our show is all about getting to know the business owner, finding out about the business and what makes them tick. So let's start off with a question I'm going to put out to you guys and feel free to grab it. In a nutshell, what is your business? You know, what is it that you do and what sets it apart from everybody else? Uh, Darcy, maybe we should go with you first. Perfect. Thank you so much. And uh um, lovely, lovely to be with you both here this morning. My business is I own a coaching and consulting firm. So Darcy Loma Coaching and Consulting. And our whole focus is on creating high-performing people and teams. And we do that through solving people problems. So conflict issues, trust, leadership, team building, anything that falls under that, the, the people side of running a business and being effective in an organization. And we have three buckets. We have coaching, so individual coaching, executive coaching, team and systems coaching. And then we've got the speaking, which is both keynote speeches as well as workshops and training um, you know, to help people to improve their skills. Yeah. And then the third bucket is consulting, where we'll do team assessments and team res- retreats and help organizations to kind of get a deeper dive into what's getting in the way of being high performing. Amazing. And we'll dig in later on in terms of what high performance means and mindset and some great tips for other entrepreneurs as well later on. But look, I think the world needs more of this stuff. Lauren, I know you're in a kind of similar space, maybe slightly different. I know you work with a lot of entrepreneurs. Tell us about your business. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I'm kind of doing the same than Darcy, but I focus a lot more on entrepreneurs. Uh, so I'm a coach to entrepreneur, also a startup mentor and a podcast host. My podcast is called Interviews Cracking the Entrepreneurship Code. So I'm really passionate about entrepreneurship. And as we know, we entrepreneur, big ones or small ones, yeah. there's always a stage in our entrepreneurship journey, journey where we hit a wall. Like what it's what I call we become the bottleneck in our business. Mm. And that's where I come in and I help entrepreneurs take a step back and look at potential solutions to unlock 
themselves from the situations they uh, they they locked themselves into. And so I do that with one-on-one uh, -on -one coaching mainly, and also offer training training courses around entrepreneurship and how to develop entrepreneur mindset. Okay, amazing. And this actually follows in perfectly for my next question, actually, which again, I'll just throw into each of you. It's, you know, like you've talked about the products which you offer, courses, one-to-ones, coaching, consulting, that sort of stuff. But I guess this isn't a... Um, a one, a, you know, a silver bullet. It's not like a one-time only thing, you know, you can coach to a certain level, but then I guess there's all different levels. What are those kind of products? And if, you know, even you don't necessarily necessarily go into price points, but what's that kind of journey that you're taking people on? You know, do you find that you have a relationship with your clients where you're, you know, coaching them for many, many years? Are they stopgap things? Are they for, you know, a specific role they've taken on? I'm interested to know what that journey is you're taking on and what that deeper relationship with your clients looks like. You want me to go first? <laughs> sure. Uh, um, our focus, we really try to create a partnership and a relationship with the, the organizations and the individuals that we work with. And yeah. so with the organizations, we are um, really a one-stop shop for all the leadership development and team building needs. And so what does that mean? The journey might be that uh, a company comes in and says, we want to train our managers to be more effective. They are constantly putting out fires and solving problems, and we want them to be able to coach more yeah. and build capacity, right? And hold accountability and give tough feedback. So we might start with a four-month uh, training series, training their managers, and then it could go from there to saying we had one organization where the, the, the C-suite said, what, what are you guys doing? You're all like way more effective. And they said, well, we're working with, with Darcy Loma's firm. What is that? And so then uh, may go and do some individual executive coaching for yes. the, right, the C-suite. And that might lead into then a team assessment and a retreat for the executive leadership team that says, we, 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 we're doing well, but we aren't really thriving. And there's a little bit of tension on our team. We have different personalities and there's some frustration. So we might come in then and do uh, a team retreat. And, and then that might lead into a six month engagement of team coaching. Mm -hmm. So we're really looking at creating a partnership and a longer term relationship. And without me marketing your business and getting you hopefully loads more customers here, Darcy, it seems like actually that almost is great. They can come through your program because you can almost like work with them across the board. You know, like you like you said, C-suite down to other employees. It's almost like you can get them talking the same language and the same wavelength and understanding each other as well. Absolutely. And that's one of the things in an organization, the culture, when they all have that same shared vocabulary and they know that they're learning how to have balanced conversations and yes, balance, yes. what do you need with what do I need? It raises their courage to be able to try out some of the skills that they're, <laughs> that they're learning, right? Yeah, of course. Yeah. And then also we, we hopefully then build that, that trusted partnership. We regularly will have companies that'll come and we worked with them five years ago, just this week, a CEO called and said, okay, Darce, we're ready. We, we've got the, the next challenge. And so that's why I say we're hoping to be a one-stop shop that when they have any kind of people problems, soft skill, leadership, team issue, that they reach out to us. 
Amazing. That sounds great. And is that a similar story to you, Lauren, or is yours a completely different model? I know obviously you don't go into full organizations, but are you with an entrepreneur on the journey as they're moving through? Are you able to kind of coach them at different stages of their yeah. entrepreneurial journey? Yeah, I'm not a one a one stop shop yet. Yeah. I'm working, I'm working <laughs> on it. But, but ideally, uh, all my clients, I, I want to develop a long term relationship with them. You know, I'm really interested in working working as long as I can with them and like partnership. Exactly, I think this is the right the right word. Mm-hmm. And so, ideally, I would work with um, with a, an entrepreneur for let's say a six month period. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll go through X, you know, uh, coaching sessions. And then after six months, we'll go to the next step, which is, so we have solved the issues right now, but what's, what's next? And usually next is going down the ladder. So I start with the top and then I go down the ladder with the, with the executive team, the leadership team around, because if I can elevate, if I can help elevate the leadership skills of the team below the entrepreneurs, it means the entrepreneur who is at the top can do something else yes. and can also increase his leadership skills. And so that's a type, that's a type of approach that I would I, I ideally I want to have. I like that. I like the fact that you're almost freeing their capacity, like you said, to get on with those bigger picture things, but actually they're still almost being indoctrined into the company way or the entrepreneur's yeah. way of thinking and your way of thinking as well. Um, this is a question I always ask people on the show. And, you know, again, I'm going to throw it in here. Maybe you could again answer Darcy. We're not going to put you on the spot every time to go first. Don't worry. But, you know, I'm really interested to know, you know, you could be doing anything else in life. But, you know, why do you love doing what you do? You know, what got you started in this industry? You know, what were you doing before? Did you literally come out at like 16 at school and say, this is my life? But, you know, what, what makes you do what you do? Oh my gosh, I love that question because I love what I do. And that was not always the case. <laughs> I, so I'm in university, I was had a double major math and German to be a teacher. Yeah. And then I went and spent the next 17 years in politics. Now, you all aren't from the US, but you may know that politics here is a little crazy. I mean, probably across the the, the world, politics can be intense. I worked for um, two presidential campaigns um, and I worked for uh, one of our governors here. And then I worked 12 years running our U.S. senator's office. And so when he retired, when he announced in 2012, the, the senator that I was working for, that he was not going to be seeking re-election. I just assumed, and my family, my coworkers, my friends all assumed I would stay in the, the, the political field. Yeah. But I hired a coach. And my coach asked me a question that literally changed the entire direction of my life. She said, Darcy, if in 10 years you look back on this decision and this moment in time and you have no regrets, what would you do? And I was like, are you kidding? I'd, I'd launch my own business. I, 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 I would... I would be a coach and a speaker and a consultant because I saw how ineffective people were, myself included. Running a Senate office, I was was a disaster. I didn't know how to lead and manage a staff and meet with lobbyists and constituents and protesters. And I, I would regularly see these people come in and they would not handle themselves thoughtfully and they wouldn't get the results they wanted. And I'm like, I want to help people see their blind spots and, and be more successful in their lives, whatever success looks like. Yeah. And so yeah. she said, great, that's what you're going to do. Let's and do I, I, I do it. 
Well, that was scary because I said, I'm, I'm the sole breadwinner for a family of four. I need salary. I need health insurance. But she helped me work through both the, the, the real external obstacles and, and how do you, how do you find clients? How do you build a business? Yeah. And as well as the, like that inner trash talk that was getting in the way as well. Those, those obstacles that were saying, you're, you, you don't have an MBA. You're not an entrepreneur. You don't know how to run a business. You, you can't do this. Um, like and that's said, how that's how I move forward. That damn internal dialogue. It's uh, oh. it's it slows down so many. And I guess you're both of you is a case of helping people through that and actually working so as they actually don't feel imposter syndrome or they feel they have the the mindset and skills you know which we're talking about in a minute. Uh, Lauren, like with yourself, uh, what what were you doing before? Or again, has this been a long term uh, relationship you've been doing? No, it took me eighteen years. <laughs> before I decided to uh, do something for myself to become an entrepreneur. So yeah. I, I worked for entrepreneurs, like real entrepreneurs, uh, you know, those, those people building stuff uh, yeah. for 18 years. And, and I spent 20, 20 years of my life in Asia. And so I started my career in Asia back when I was 23. And I, and I was in a country called Laos in the middle of nowhere. And I remember I was working for this uh, small market research agency and after a year, I was like small, you know, 10, 10 staff. I was the only foreigner. And after one year, the, um, uh, the owners of the company, they said, well, we're going to move now to Cambodia. We need someone to run the company. Here are the keys. That's for you. I'm like, great. I, <laughs> I, have, <laughs> I had absolutely no idea of how, how to run a company, but I was put on the spot just like that. And I just loved it. And for the next, for the next 18 years, this is what I did. I, I, run companies on behalf of others but those others they were entrepreneurs the type of like you know serial entrepreneurs who don't have money yeah. but they're very busy they do a lot of things and they need people to help build their businesses yes and so i realized after 18 years being surrounded by entrepreneurs and my best friends are entrepreneurs everybody was pushing me to become an entrepreneur. I was like, no, no, I'm not ready. I'm not ready. I'm not ready. You know, and Darcy, you were talking about, you know, all that trash talk. <laughs> That's exactly what, what was going on. And one day I was reaching the age of 40. I was like, damn, you know, I, I need to do it. Otherwise I would never do it. And so the next question for me was more, okay, what is it that I, now that I know that I want to do it and I'm ready to do it, what is it that I want to do? And then I started thinking about, you know, what do I like to do? What's what what makes me me? And this is when I realized that I've, I had always enjoyed the mentoring aspect, the training, like, you know, um, coaching the, my, my staff or presenting, talking, you know, giving advice to giving advice to people, seeing, yes. seeing the light sparkle in their in their lights, you know, all these haha moments that people have. Yeah. And so I thought, all right, I'm going to be a coach. And to, to answer your first your first question, it's just it just makes sense for me. I'm a big fan of uh, Simon Sinek. Start with yes. why. I found my why. That's my why. I do that every day, and it's absolutely fantastic. Amazing. And again, you know, I think what's so important here as well is that you both have a bank of experience, life experience to build on. Yes, fair enough. If you were 18, coming straight out of college, and you were like, "I'm going to be a life and business coach," where all you had was a book. But, you know, like now you have the experience, you are able to kind of do that. And again, I guess you've evolved over the years since you started your business as well. So what I think is really radiating out of you and coming out of it is that you love what you do. And I think what you just said about it just makes sense. It really does make sense. You know, like, you know, you've, you've both kind of found your niche and, and why you were put on planet Earth. Um, I'm going to use the phrase leader, 
founder, entrepreneur, is fairly interchangeable here. But I think we can all agree that mindset is such an important thing for anybody who's leading or, 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 channel, or, or channeling something and going a new direction. You know, can you tell us a little bit more about what you think mindset is and how people can develop a, a stronger mindset to be able to do whatever they want to do in life? I know you both work on mindset a lot and about how people approach that, but maybe Lauren, you could talk first, maybe about like you know how, how you approach mindset and coaching people to have a, you know, a healthier one. Oh, it's interesting because I just launched uh, my new ebook. It's entirely free, by, by the way. It's nice called, plug. Uh, the, yeah, <laughs> the Entrepreneur Mindset, uh, Seven Tactics to Avoid Being uh, the Bottleneck in Your Business. Yeah. Uh, oh, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Right, I'm downloading <laughs> it now so. in real time. <laughs> I <laughs> am. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's on my website. Yeah. And, and so, you know, I've been with, through this, this podcast uh, that I have, which I launched a year, more than a year, uh, and a half ago, I've been talking to entrepreneurs and I'm really, it's called cracking the entrepreneurship code because I really want to understand what makes an entrepreneur an entrepreneur. Mm. And so I'm going to talk about mindset uh, from an entrepreneur perspective. And what I realized after all these uh, discussions that the first thing that entrepreneurship is a calling. And this is, I think this is the beginning of having a mindset. A calling. Is that yeah. it's deep down inside you. You are or you are not an entrepreneur. So if you ask yourself the question, am I an entrepreneur? Chances that you're not. Yeah. So you shouldn't be, that it shouldn't, it should be, it should just be like, makes sense. I'm yes. an entrepreneur. That's it. This is what I'm going to do. This is, this is what I was born to do. It, it's, it's how you hold yourself. It's how you carry yourself. It's, again, like you said, mindset. Is that how it is? It's, it's, yeah, it's, or, it's the, an entrepreneur, you want to build something. Usually you yeah. build something from scratch, something that doesn't exist. And you're just driven by building it. And, you know, and the construction never ends. It never, never ends. You know, you can define success for, what, what, at different level, but yeah. the construction, never, it, it never ends. It's like, and on top of that, as an entrepreneur, you don't, you don't have any guideline. You don't have like, a, there's no architect <laughs> with a map, with a plan telling you, okay, now you have to build the foundations. And uh, because if you don't build the foundations, then, you know, your roof will collapse. Yes. Well, most entrepreneurs, they have no idea what they do. What they so that's really interesting what you're saying. Yeah, you know, it's almost the case now we can reopen those. So entrepreneur, the mindset is just there. It's a natural calling. Yes, you might coach yourself a bit, but you've got to have that kind of feeling. For you, Das, in terms of leaders and you coaching leaders, mm -hmm. can people develop a healthier mindset to become a leader if they are naturally an introvert or whatever? You know, like how, how do they develop their mindset as well? Yes, absolutely. I think, you know, if somebody wants to say become a leader, a business owner, an entrepreneur, um, it, it takes intention and practice and training. Mm. We don't just wake up and know how intuitively to do it. Most of us don't. And so I think some of the core characteristics of mindset is having grit. And, be, and having a mindset that I'm going to, I'm going to be bold. I'm going to go for it. I'm going to try it. And then I'm going to equally as quickly adjust when I fail and fail fast, fail fabulously. Yeah. And don't wait. I mean, one of the reasons that for me, that trash talk was so loud is because one of, one of my personal loudest trash talkers, I've named her. I know her so well. Her <laughs> name is Little Miss Perfect Pants. <laughs> and it so for me... Right. I, uh, when my coach, I'm like, I can't, I can't launch a business. I don't, I don't have 
all of the, 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 the credentials and the network and the expertise and the degrees it takes. Well, that was Little Miss Perfect Pants saying you have to be perfect before you yes. can launch. Right. So the mindset she helped me to embrace was one of grit saying, go for it, try it, see what works, what doesn't work, and then pivot and adjust. But keep investing in your skills, yourself, keep training, keep practicing to be the model that I use in my business is to be thoughtfully fit. So just like if you want to be physically fit, you have to train and practice. If you want to be thoughtfully fit, you want to handle every situation thoughtfully, starting a business, become an entrepreneur, you need to practice. You need to pause and think and then act. You can't get stalled out. Yeah. And also, I guess, have those coping techniques and knowledge to fall back on, like you said, failing fast, how to pivot, how to realize that if something isn't working to try something new or or whatever that needs to be done, not just see that it's doom and gloom that you're a massive failure just because one thing doesn't work out for you as well. Well, a hundred percent. And because, so when I launched my business and in 2013, I I read the studies that said 80, there's a lot of different studies, but like 80% of businesses fail within the first two years, some huge study. And that number may not be accurate anymore, but so I told my husband, I'm going all in. And and we designed that he was going to handle the home front and the kids so that I could really focus. That mindset was just like 100% commitment. So then when I did fail and I failed often, I was able to sort of say, okay, I'm not folding it. I said, I'm two years, I'm I'm all in. And I think that mindset, I mean, Lauren, and also the mindset of, of being able to seek out those who can support and help you that you don't have to do it alone. I could have, oh my God, I could have used you, Lauren, when I started my business. <laughs> There's some transatlantic work being done here as well. I could, I could see a collaboration coming this way. I mean, uh, Ed, sorry, sorry, Johnny, if I, if I can add something. Please do. I like Please what, do. what Darcy said about uh, you know, the analogy that she made about being fit. Because I, I often compare an entrepreneur, an entrepreneur, a business owner to a professional athlete because it's exactly the same. Mm-hmm. But it's, some, somehow it's easier to understand the journey of a professional athlete than a journey of an entrepreneur. A professional athlete, do you think they reach the level they are? with by doing nothing <laughs> you yeah, know yeah. So it takes a lot of grit like you said resilience failing a lot a lot of hard work uh, and you know it's the same work once they reach the level you know to stay at that level mm. it, it's it, it takes the same dedication but also something that is important when it comes to mindset is the ability to recover right. a professional athlete knows when it's time to recover body and mind you know, because they know that the, the, the muscles need to grow and the muscles grow when the, the body relaxes. It's exactly the same with entrepreneurs. But the thing is, a lot of entrepreneurs, a lot of business leaders, they don't take time to recover. They work, 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 work until they crash. Yeah. But we have to develop that ability to recover. It's very difficult, even, even for myself. I know it, but I, I love working, so it's very it's very difficult. And so that ability to recover body, of course, but especially the mind, you know, just it's, it's okay to, to sometimes to do absolutely nothing because yeah. your mind is like a muscle. It needs to recover. So it grows bigger. Well, I'm going to jump on. Do you know what? I love the way this is going. I love these analogies, metaphors. It's like, it, it's so true. And, and I was going to ask this question later on, but let me ask you both. How do you recover yourselves? You know, you both are very, very driven people. I can see this. You're not only taking on your own problems, but also in a way they're 
and, and I use it in a nice way, problems of all of the people that you coach as well. You know, how do you get work-life balance? How do you relax yourself? Like, how do you switch off? What, what are some techniques that you currently use that you do? Darcy shaking her head as if she doesn't have work-life balance. <laughs> but it's a, uh, tell me, how do you recover and re don't reach burnout? I mean, I love what you said, Lauren, in the analogy, because indeed you, you need, your mind needs stillness. You need to quiet the mind and that's where you can be creative and innovative. And so for me, I woke up in 2015, I had no recovery time, no stillness. Mm. And I woke up with stage three adrenal fatigue syndrome. Um, my body created the need for stillness, right? Okay. You're not gonna, then we're going to force it. So I now have to schedule it. I'm a type A, type double A. Yeah. I, if I don't schedule that downtime, those recovery days, um, then I just have a natural inclination to keep working and doing more. So I regularly go floating in an isolation tank. I get massages every two weeks. I have a daily meditation practice that, oh my gosh, if I didn't have my app telling me, I would not do it. I exercise six days a week. That's one of the places that I create stillness, ironically, right? It's not the, the stillness isn't necessarily that your body needs to be still, but I will go biking and running and doing yoga. And, and that helps me because when I'm, when I'm out for a swim, there's nothing else I can, I can do. I can't be checking my email and multitasking. So that's another self-care technique that helps me to have that, that, that mental recovery. Yeah. It almost seems like a moving meditation itself. It's time away from whatever the same four walls are or whatever. Lauren yourself, are you uh, yeah, taking plenty of time out? Are you able to look after yourself or has it been a process? Uh, well, I have, I have a similar story than thus. It's, it's funny. I did a burnout like uh, seven years ago because it was all work, 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 mm -hmm. and without taking care of myself enough. And so what I, what I do, then I found CrossFit. CrossFit, yeah. CrossFit uh, changed me, changed my life entirely. And so I've been addicted to CrossFit since. <laughs> I uh, hear that a lot. A, I hear people get addicted yeah. to it. Oh yeah, it's either either you're addicted or you don't like it. Yeah. <laughs> it's half and half. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and CrossFit is definitely a big part of my life. I I train, I work out like five times a week, uh, and you know it's it's long working working sessions, and I just just love it. I'm I'm in a shape of my life, and that is really central of of everything that I do today. Yeah, stay be, being fit. I don't I know who I used to be. There's no it's absolutely out of question that I am. I, 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 I go back to that old me. Yeah. You know, I want to stay that fit. But also the other thing that I really, it's really difficult for me, but I really, you know, push myself. It's, it's to understand that it's the journey, to really appreciate the journey. I used to, because I think one of the reasons I did a burnout is because I was, you know, focusing on destinations, uh, the, the challenge. I always loved the challenge. So I was going from one challenge to the other, one destination to the other with not never stopping. Why I was doing that, I don't know. Uh, I, may, I was addicted, maybe. I'm not sure. But I've never really taken the time to take a step back and just enjoy the view. And now, so now I'm trying to be more purposeful when I yes. do things. You know, I'm 45. You know, I have a business, yeah, but nobody says that I have, I have to make like millions of, uh, of euros. Yeah. I can stay small. I'm happy to stay to stay small because it allows me uh, the, the the time to enjoy more. 
So it's more about building a sustainable business that fits in with your life and happiness yeah. and everything like that. And like I said, you can always turn on the tap a bit more if you need to, or again, yeah. I guess kind of reduce that down. And that's really interesting. Again, what you both said about being through that almost like burnout stage and actually needing that. And, you know, again, there are more life experiences that you can share with people. I, I always do this when I've coached people before is like, until you've been through it, it's very hard just to teach people rhetoric or whatever, you know, you've sometimes you have to live through that just to kind of come out the other end and actually see for yourself, whether those decisions have been right decisions and then hopefully learn from it as well. Um, before we jump on to some of your growth tips about how people could grow their business, and to be honest, all these answers have been amazing so far. I'm going to play devil's advocate. You know, what happens if you're working with somebody who just isn't cut out to be an entrepreneur or a leader or whatever? I'm sure this has happened in the past. Like, how do you approach that? I mean, you know, how, how have you have you been able to make real? You know, have you been able to take somebody who's gone, oh, this person has no chance, to be really surprised by their journey? Or how have you almost let someone off the hook and gone, I've, I've tried my best, but I can't quite do it. What do you do when you potentially have a difficult client um, that maybe just isn't cut out for what you're trying to coach them in? Laura, maybe you want to go first? Right. Well, I, to be honest, I haven't. Okay. I started four years ago, but that is because I've been making uh, a real effort on being very picky about my clients. Mm. And so, you know, working on working on who do I want to work with? Yeah. And of defining that ideal client profile, which, you know, it's a it's a tip that I will give to any entrepreneurs out there. Work on your customer's profile so that yeah. you know who you want to work with, because you cannot work with with everybody. And so, for instance, for me, very simply, it has to be an entrepreneur. You already have to be an entrepreneur. Yeah. If you're not an entrepreneur, then I'm not going to work with you. Like if you're a CEO for corporate, I am not going to work with you because I don't, I don't, yeah, no, I don't feel like it. Yeah, yeah, it's not me. It's not, I don't have anything to, to tell those, those, those people. But having, having said that, yeah, sometimes I have had uh, some clients where uh, the, the relationship the, didn't, well, was not great. You know, we did not go through, through the what we could have done our best, you know, yeah. and in general, the way it translates is that they don't renew after six months. Okay, so, so there is a natural end point. Yeah, it's natural. It's a natural end. Yeah, and I have at the end of the of the session, I will ask them at the the coaching collaboration. Sorry, I will ask yeah. them, you know, what was good, what was bad. They will tell me, and I'll be like, yeah, oh yeah, I agree. You know, yeah. now, now so, off you go. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I release you. Yeah, when you come back as the new Elon Musk or something, you know, please remember me no, with some stuff. No, because it's no, no, because it's not. It's not about that. It's about, it's about creating this real partnership. We we're talking about, you know, yeah. it's making sure that we build a rapport. I, and sometimes I, you don't have you don't have it. Yeah, and it's I think not about you said, do your due diligence beforehand and make sure yeah. it's a partnership. It's a you're going into almost business together over six months. It's I guess coaching is such a personal thing. Uh, whether that's mass coaching or whether that's on a personal level one-to-one -one. Uh, Darcy like uh, you strike me as someone with determination that would be like I'm going to make this person an incredible leader or we're going to figure it out I'm going to put extra hours into working on you have you struggled you know like in terms of being able to make a breakthrough with some of your clients please tell me more Yes. And I think what I'll underscore about the wisdom Lauren just shared is that in order to be successful as a, as a small business owner, 
you have to get really clear on who your target market is and who your ideal client and who your audience is. Yeah. And I would say when I started my business, when I launched my, my ideal client was somebody who had, would pay me. Yeah. <laughs> I don't recommend that. <laughs> right. Because the bar is too low. Mm. And so, uh, you know, um, what I've learned on my journey now, I'm more at the place where Lauren is, where I'm really clear up front in having in that exploratory session, seeing is this client the right fit for me as much as they're checking out, am I the right fit for them? Is there good chemistry? If not, that's okay. Yeah. That doesn't mean there anything is wrong or broken with them or with me, but it's about getting really clear. And so for me, what early on in my business, yeah, I took, I had a mindset that I could coach and help anybody. That is not the case. And so now one of the things that I'm looking for in working with organizations or executives or clients is their mindset. Are they here because they want to create change? because they want to have some new awareness. Maybe they're stuck, maybe they're scared, maybe they don't know how. But if they're here because they're going through the motions, they're checking off a box, they think I can fix them, they're a victim, and they're like, tell me what to do, then I just know that's that's not the right, the right client for me. And so I've gotten more courageous over the years of owning my business on saying no, which yeah. is hard. Because as you know, there, there is no salary that just magically comes every two weeks. If you don't have clients, you don't get paid. Yeah. But what I learned is by saying no to those clients that are not ideal, it creates space for those who are. And it's so much more fun to be working with the clients that <laughs> yeah, want. And, in, and usually they don't even negotiate. Yes. Because they know, they know your value. So money That's is right. not a problem. Yeah, that's yes. amazing what you just said. I mean, do you know what? On this show over the last couple of years, we've interviewed interior designers, fitness professionals, yogis who, who do very, very kind of curated experiences. And it, it's a similar trajectory. The first 12 months, they're like, gimme, gimme, gimme. I'll just take whatever it is to make sure my business can run. But over time, they've got pickier. And actually, you know, it, it is a case of building that relationship and making sure that both parties are happy going into that. Because again, you've got to get satisfaction from it. And also, I think by being ultra niche, it's your reputation at stake as well, because you want success for them. If it's just like a one size fits all, you can't tailor make your solution, I guess, to their problems kind of every mm -hmm. time. I just want to say, guys, I'm loving the flow on today's show, because this kind of goes through into my next question, actually, really well. And you know, like at Subkit, we, we are very passionate about helping people launch something new when they're ready, you know, like when they feel that they've got enough data, whatever that data means. But, you know, I'm very interested to know, like, how you go about launching a new business idea, um, whether that's a brand new course, a new coaching session, uh, a new website, even. I'm just interested to know, like, you touched on it, I think, before, Darcy, when you were like, you know, you just got to go for it and launch or whatever. You know, you might not be perfect, but it's going to be ready. But how much of a balance do you go between instinct, as in this is what the marketplace and my customers need? Or how much do you ask for data before you're ready to launch something and, and, and do that, you know, put it out into the marketplace? I mean, this, I'll, I'll, I'll let Lauren, you take more time in this because this is your specialty. I'll just give a quick answer on what I did for my Please business. Um, before I launched, I spent a year doing informational interviews, both yeah. with potential clients. Like, what is it that you need? What does it look like when you have had a coach and a consultant that you love? What has that looked like? And when you have hated it, right? So I, 
interviewed my target market, as well as I did an informational interviews for an entire year with people doing what I wanted to do, who had left a career and launched a, a business. And one of the pieces of advice I got at that time was get an anchor client, like have one client when you launch that, you know, is locked in so that you are not scrambling and making decisions out of fear. That was really good advice. Now, when we launch a new product, a new service, whatever it might be, we will almost always beta test it. We'll go to our super fans and say, we've got something new. We have an online course where we right now we're launching in January, the thoughtfully fit gym. We are doing a beta test with our target market and super fans to say, what do you like? What's working? What doesn't working? What questions do you have? So I'm going to stop there and turn it over to you, Lauren. You, but no, but that's 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 what you should be doing. Yeah, I mean, yeah. The, I worked 14 years in market research. So, uh, <laughs> wow, you, know, you should know, be the master know your of market. this. Yeah, we, that's what we should say. We used to say, know your market. Yeah. So you can have that intuition. Usually, you know, you see something, you see an opportunity. An opportunity. That's what entrepreneurs do. They they're very good at at seeing opportunities. Mm-hmm. They identify a gap in a market. Yeah. But is it what you think it is? Because you're coming with your own biases. Yeah. Right. So you have always have the most difficult aspect of an entrepreneur is to put yourself oneself in, in the shoes of your customers. I see I see that all the time with startups that I mentor. It, I see it a lot of time. All these founders, they have they, I'm, I'm fascinated by all the ideas that they have. You know, it's amazing. This technical, the technical aspect of the ideas is amazing, but they are lost into it. They're lost into a technical solution. Mm. instead of trying to understand what are the benefits for the customers. Mm. And that's, and that's, so it's really important to always talk to your customers or your potential customers, but not only understand, you know, if they like the product, but also why would they buy? Because when we buy something, every one of us, B2C, B2B, doesn't matter. We always buy something based on emotions. And then we, create you know we try to justify or or purchase with some logic behind yeah right if you don't believe me ask yourself the question why did you choose your bank and i'm sure the answer will be around well because someone uh, tell me told me that you know i should go to my bank <laughs> to, the, to this bank because it was good emotional yeah. it's yeah. trust that the trust that you have to your friend this is exactly what happened to me when i went when i came to uh, to finland yes and so it's really difficult, but for entrepreneurs, again, it's really difficult to put yourself in the shoes of the customers and understand the benefits for them, but the emotional benefits, which is why you need to go to them and talk to them. Yeah. Don't hide behind your computer. Start with the start with the people, find out what their needs and wants are, see if you can get that product market fit from working very, very closely with them. Yeah, that's all amazing advice. Yeah. And to be honest, Lauren, you were kind of going into this, which is my follow-up, which is, you know, I'm interested to the both of you as business owners, like, like what, what's your customer acquisition like, you know, in terms of where your where, where your new business comes from? I take it it's probably quite strong on word of mouth, on referrals. Uh, those sorts of stuff. Is there anything else you're using that's a, as a tactic to acquire new customers? I'm just interested to where, where you get yours from. Word of mouth referrals, absolutely, 100% yeah. huge. 
for our business model, um, I also do a lot of keynote speaking. So I'm out on the front lines. I'll be doing whether it's a association conference or some kind of a, 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 a big industry event, or maybe it's a company annual meeting. I'll do uh, hopefully an inspiring and educational and entertaining keynote that will create some emotional feel for the people in the audience. And they'll say, we want more. We want to know, wait, what is this thoughtfully fit? How can I be a better leader? How can I use coaching approach to manage better? And then they'll call back in. And then we've got a whole back end of consultants and coaches that I've built up slowly yes. over time that then can deliver the services. So the, the keynote speaking is part of our business model. And then the final piece, uh, I mean, there's lots of things, but the final one I'll share right now um, is we, we, we do a lot with social media mm-hmm. and also with our, um, we have a weekly uh, Thoughtfully Fit Tips newsletter that goes out. So every time I'm at any event anywhere, we have a, a lead gen, some kind of valuable, piece of information that we offer in exchange for an email address. Um, yes. When I'm doing my keynotes, um, we've got a quiz, find out the biggest hurdle, which of which of the six biggest hurdles is, is for you. Go to thoughtfullyfit.com, take the quiz, you get your results really packed full of content, and then they're on our email list. And so we, and then we focus on providing a lot of value and content in our social media platforms and our blog and newsletter. It's not about selling. It's about develop, de- delivering value and developing relationship. Yeah, and getting that high quality list, like you said, the email address is so valuable as well. Once you actually have that, you know, you've got a real targeted, laser focused market to target into. Uh, how about yourself, Lauren? Are you a, uh, how, how are you finding your customers? Uh, same, same that Dusty, uh, word of mouth, referral, my network. I mean, I think half of my current clients are people I have known for years. Yeah. And so when I launched my, my when I launched my business, I remember four years ago, I went, I looked at my all my contact details and I went and talked to all the entrepreneurs on 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 my list. Yeah. And another another anchor point is the, my podcast. Mm-hmm. So uh, the other half of my clients will say come from the podcast from people I interview because I interview entrepreneurs. And then at the end of the podcast, I offer them a coaching session. Brilliant. And that's really, really good as well. Um, I'm going to hold it on that one because you guys have got amazing resources. And obviously, you know, like you're saying, podcast, key speaking, everything like that. But I'm interested to know who your favorite entrepreneurs are and Maybe maybe just a couple of resources or favorite books you'd point people towards wanting to start or grow a business across any any you know genre or vertical. Say, like, like what what would you say be your if you had a bible of a few books to choose? You know, like what would you put in your library for for the entrepreneurs? Darcy, you look like you're getting excited by this question. Yeah, I it, it I didn't um, read this book Traction. Okay, the Entrepreneur Operating System EOS. Um, I had heard about it and heard about it and heard about it for years. And um, finally, somebody gifted me the book and I was like, this, this is what we needed. And I'm, I'm not in any way connected to them, but it's a system. And as yeah. soon as I read it, I bought a copy for everybody on my team. And I said, we, we need to do this. I want you to read it and see what you think. And they're like, we don't need, we don't, we're, we're, we're just fine. And then they read it and they're like, oh yeah, this, because it gives you an, a, 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 
a blueprint for how do you create that 10 year vision? Getting yes. really clear. Is this a lifestyle business or are you trying to create an, a, an empire, right? Getting really clear. And then the three year, the one year, then the quarterly rocks. And then we have level 10 weekly meetings every single Monday morning at 930 we meet and that and, and we have a, a set agenda for how that meeting goes. And it has just provided the the clarity and process that that I was craving and how do you run a business? Yeah. OK, that's going in our famous library here. Uh, Lauren, yourself, uh, what book would you recommend? I mentioned Simon Sinek earlier on. I'm a big, yes. I'm a big fan. Uh, Start with why? Definitely the Infinite Game. Uh, that's his mm. latest book, which yeah. for me I think is the best, the best one. Uh, in terms also of uh, business books, I would say Jim Collins from Good to Great. Yeah. So especially for around leadership skills, what it takes to you know to to build the right leadership skills. And with regards to mindset, I recently uh, read uh, Stillness is Key by Ryan Holiday. Highly, highly recommended. I've heard his name come up quite a bit, actually, in different things, but yeah. I haven't read one of his books, so I'm going to add that. So Really simple, but to the point. And what's really, great is really good. over the uh, holiday season, I'm going to be putting together a blog with uh, a lot of the books that have been recommended by guests on this show, which is great. So I'll share that. And hopefully, again, we're building a great library. Right, we're just about to move into our rapid fire round, uh, and it is rapid today, guys. So I'm going to ask you a few questions here. I'd love it. You know, feel free. Let's go Darcy to Laura on each time, just so you know exactly who to speak. So, right, Darcy, and like I said, rapid fire round. So, you know, feel free to give us the uh, uh, TLDR of these. So I bumped into you in three years time. Where would you like your business to be then? Oh, uh, doing more of what I'm doing now, but scaling so that we've got passive income and people are doing online courses in the, the remote Thoughtfully Fit gym so that it's not, right now it's a lot of training time for dollars, right? I have to consult, I have to coach, I have to speak. So in three years, we're hoping to build out some more uh, passive income. More of like an automated stream. system. Yeah, great. How about yourself, Lauren? That's easy. Same. Same <laughs> I it's would the like, dream. I would like, yeah, yeah, of course. But I also would like to uh, build some soft, some sort of an entrepreneurship academy, something like that. Oh, okay, that sounds great. And also, you know, with the thing with automation, it means you can sit in Tahiti and enjoy, a, you know, a cocktail, and hopefully, you're making money time and time again through the day as well. Uh, next question: If you could use one or two words to describe what it's actually like to run your own business, what would it be? Exhilarating and exhausting. <laughs> Both ends of the spectrum here. I love it. Laurel? <laughs> uh, I can't use the same words, right? Exhausting uh, and exhilarating. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's fun. Yeah. Fun. And I think passion is another word that comes to my mind. Right yeah, now. that sounds great. Um, as an entrepreneur, what does success ultimately mean to you, Darcy? Oh my gosh, to have an impact. I mean, to me, the, the success, what, what I love about being an entrepreneur is I get to create um, the vision in the world that I want um, to, to, I'm not being very articulate. I get to put my passion out there. 
And in my case, create more thoughtfully fit leaders and teams, right? And I think if we have a world where people are handling themselves more thoughtfully, it's going to be a better world, whether it's Black Lives Movement, whether it's climate, whether it's global protest, whatever it might be. That's that's what's so powerful for me. Yeah, brilliant. And how about yourself, Lauren? Well, you said it. I mean, I became a coach because because I also want to make an impact. My my biggest rewards is when I see my clients like going to the next step and improving and transforming. That's that's why I do that. Amazing. And to be honest, like I said, I've said it earlier on, but I can really see your passion shining through. And to be quite honest, I'm sure there are some of them out there, but I can't imagine there's too many coaches in this game because they're just here for a quick book. You know, I think it, it's it's a lifestyle, but it's also, you know, you're, you're going into partnership with people. You know, it's been said a few times today, but it's so, so makes so much sense. Um, right. Final question for let you get on with your day and then, you know, get on with, get on with obviously helping people, uh, remind people where they can find you online. You know, where would you like to point people towards, uh, Darcy again, maybe let's start with you. Oh, thank you so much. So DarcyLoma.com is my website. It's got all sorts of videos and blogs and resources. And then thoughtfullyfit.com is where, uh, you can learn more about the leadership model that we've designed and take the free quiz if you want. Amazing. I've got that on my weekend list is this quiz as well. I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> Laura, where can we find you hanging out online? I'm on my website, laurentnotin.com, where you can also find my podcast called uh, Interviews Cracking the Entrepreneurship Code, as well as my ebook. Brilliant. It's for free. Free is good. We like free as well. So, uh, yeah. yeah, but of course I ask for your email address. <laughs> of course. And how valuable is that? Yeah, Beautiful. It's not a bad cost per acquisition over time though as well. So that's pretty good. Right. Well, this is the point where I literally just say thanks very much for coming on the show. Uh, I've really enjoyed our chat today. Um, it's been really enjoyable. Great to have this international flavor to it as well as always here. So just keep doing up the great work. Uh, keep helping more people. Keep coaching more leaders and business owners. And until next time, keep winning. Thanks very much. Take care. Thank you so much, Johnny. Thank you. Thank you. Goodbye. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Go Solo Show, powered by Subkit. We hope you've had a great time and picked up many new ideas for your own business. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast and to follow us on Twitter at team underscore go solo. If you're inspired to get started on your own enterprise yourself, then check us out at subkit.com. We're here for whenever you're ready. I've been Johnny Quirk, and until next time, keep winning.